Hi, it's Josephine Lane-Cuber here, your performing arts business coach, speaker, and talent manager. Today, I am speaking with marketing expert, Hayley Osborne. Now, we are going to be talking about how you can become the number one studio in your local area. This is a great topic because as small businesses, we need to be relevant. We need to not only attract but retain our clients and students. And the way we do that is through strategy. Now, Haley's going to come at us with some great ideas that I think you are going to be able to implement into your studio business pretty much straight away. And that's what I love so much about this upcoming episode. Now, Haley left the corporate world with a backpack filled with 15 years of knowledge on social media, brand strategy and marketing, along with a huge passion and purpose to empower business owners and entrepreneurs to build and market their brand strategically and authentically. And what I love about Haley is that she has so much experience working with not only big business, but small business as well. So I think there's there's a lot of goodies here. And, you know, we talk about becoming the go-to studio. We talk about becoming locally famous. And I really think it's important to have some tangible, uh, tangible ideas and strategies around how to actually achieve that. And that's what we discuss in this episode. So I think you're definitely in for a treat. Haley says, I've arrived to inspire you to be the best version of yourself and therefore the best you can possibly be in your business, taking the stress out of marketing and social media so you can focus on the business aspects you love. Now, as creatives, it's so important that we do continue to focus on our passion and our love for the arts. So, you know, to take that stress out of the marketing process is such a big deal, such a big deal. And, you know, we're going to explore that a little bit as well in today's topic. So here we go with the show. <laughs> you know what's next. Haley Osborne. Let's kick it off. Hello, it's Josephine Lankuber here, your performing arts business coach, speaker, talent manager, and mentor. I'm excited because today I'm in launch week for Talent Manager Bootcamp. Talent Manager Bootcamp is a course that I created to bring the studio owner to talent manager in eight weeks by providing the industry insights and the theoretical and practical knowledge you need to create your very own in-house talent management service. Imagine providing opportunities for your students in TV, film, theatre, commercial work, on stage, and more. It is totally possible. How do I know? Because I've been doing this for over seven years in my studio and have an in-house talent management service. Plus, for the last year, I've been training other studio owners to create their own with success. I believe you can do it too. It's not rocket science when you know how. So, let me show you how. And that is through Talent Manager Bootcamp. Now, if you're interested, please jump on the website to learn more. That's josephinelanecubit.com forward slash TMB, and I'll provide the link in the show notes as well. Now, this is strictly limited, and the doors are only open for a few days between February 21st 
to March 1st, 2023. And it won't be back for many, many months. So if you want to do this, now is the time. What are you waiting for? Create your dream studio and amazing opportunities for your students that will create a buzz within your studio walls. Let's do this. Talent Manager Bootcamp is the way. Check the link in the show notes and join me and a bunch of great studio owners who are aligned like you in this amazing online course experience. Okay, enjoy the show. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello, Hayley Osborne. Welcome to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and look, you know, I've I've been on your uh, podcast, The Hayley Osborne Show, uh, a little while back now. So, you know, thought we'd flip the script and and have you on this show today, which is really, really cool because I know that you've got some marketing gems for everyone listening today. But before we jump into that, congratulations on your bubba. Tell me about that. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. It's crazy times in my world. He is now six months, which I can't believe it. I say it out loud and I'm like, but you're my baby. No. So he was born in August last year. And, you know, the beauty of being a business owner is that you can do these things in conjunction with it, with each other and they're a lovely blend. So yeah. I'm so, yeah, I'm just, I feel now like I'm, I'm, I'm getting my body back and I'm getting back in the groove and, you know, life has like um, just, oh, what's the word? It's just all like evened out and we're in a beautiful routine now. I have two kids. So my eldest little boy is two and six months. So, oh, so you're six in month that- old. So he's two and the other one is six months. So I'm in I'm in crazy land of just You're like, in the trenches, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in nappies. It's mental, but yeah, it's fun. And, and honestly, mine are now eight and six. Yes. So it's just nice to be out of nappies. I actually considered having a third uh before COVID and then COVID hit and it all got a bit scary and I didn't know, you know, at first. When yeah, I was freaking out, and we just didn't know what was happening in the world. And I was like, "Oh no, I've got two healthy babies. Like, I, I'll just wait and wait out this pandemic." Two years passed, and then I, I was like, "Oh, now we're all out of nappies. I'm kind of over it, and I don't want to say." <laughs> I know everybody says that they're like, "You've just got to rip the bandaid off because you know when they're out of nappies yeah. and when they can get themselves in and out of the car, and you don't need a pram, life gets good." <laughs> yeah, but then totally. you don't want to wish your life away either because then you're older mm. and you're like, "Oh." 
oh my god <laughs> I know actually my my son was in bed he comes in sometimes at night he's only six but he's really little and uh he came in and I sometimes just go oh enjoy the moment Joe and I just like look at him and I think enjoy the moment because you know they do grow up so quick so yeah. anyway you've got two now and any more on the way <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Look, my husband's one of four, so <laughs> maybe one more if we're lucky, but I don't know. It's just it's so hard, right, when they're so little. It's like, yeah, I could do this, and then you have those days where you just go like everyone's mental and you're like, no way, no way. Why would I do it again? And then I know. Yeah. And so hard when you're an ambitious businesswoman such really as yourself, right? It's so really would, hard. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for you to tell everyone at home what it is that you do. Yeah. So I'm Hayley Osborne. My business is called Cleverly Hayley Osborne. Uh, and I am a marketer and I help predominantly service-based businesses become the number one in their local area community, both online and offline. And I say that because um, in your local community, like these days, it is a, a lovely blend of where you are in terms of across your digital platforms, they're your local community and where you are, you know, like your audience um, as studio owners are, you know, they have a physical presence. So I think it is warranted for both. Um, and yeah, it, it seems to be working well and I love what I do. I have been a marketer for around 15 years now and I've been working, I've worked on some of the biggest brands in the world, um, including some really big alcohol brands. And I absolutely love it. This business now has been around for five years. So I have um, a bunch of retainer clients that I look after all of their different marketing and their bigger businesses. But I also have a membership and that is called Superhero Marketing. And that teaches small business owners how to become the number one, you know, superhero marketers in their business. Uh, and I love what I do. And I have a podcast too, like you said before, um, which you have been a lovely guest on called Yay. The Hayley Osborne Show. Yeah. yeah, and I have a crazy family. So that's me like in a nutshell. <laughs> I love it. I love the nutshell. It's so hard when you, you're like, tell me everything about yourself oh, in 30 seconds. Go. Yeah. No. So yeah. That, that was beautiful. Thank you. I want to ask, so I, I was actually reading online, um, as you do when you stalk your guests before they come. Yeah. Uh, you've actually come from a little bit of a different background. So you were originally in a corporate space and then you went into fashion and then yeah. started your own marketing business. Tell yep. me about that journey. How did yes. that come about? <laughs> I missed that bit because <laughs> it's so long ago. So in 2009, I don't even know how many years ago that was, I started off a fashion label because I used to make my own clothes and I used to wear them out. You know, you go out and clubs and da-da-da and girls would be like, where did you get that from? And I would say I made it. I had no formal training in sewing. Um, and then I would be like, oh, maybe I'll make some. And then I decided to sell it at a local market. And then I thought, oh, my God, this is doing reasonably well. I should probably go and learn how to actually be taught to sew. So I did. And I got a diploma in fashion design. Then I got approached by a stockist. Then I manufactured in China. Then I had national distribution. Then I was nominated for Emerging Designer of the Year. I know. I bet you weren't expecting me to say this. And then um, it just got too much because I was really green and young and I didn't know how to run a business. And I decided that the industry wasn't for me. Fashion is very fickle. It's a very... Um, like you've got to plan out like a very long way in advance every season. And I just thought 
you know what, what am I doing? I can't do this anymore. And then I moved to Sydney. And that's when I started working on, you know, some of the biggest, like Jack Daniels is one of the brands that I worked on. And that was the year Instagram started. And yeah, it was just, it was a crazy time. And then I moved back to Adelaide. My brother had a baby. That was my calling back, right? No worries. You know, I need to be with my family. And I started a candle business. <laughs> oh, really? I've always, that. and that still exists. You can look it up. It's called Haley Kate and it's HaleyKate.com.au. And they're the personalized candles. And I was doing that alongside my corporate role. Um, I have a marketing degree, right? So I have been a marketer while always having a side tra- hustle. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And then I would go to trade fairs as, um, you know, the owner of my candle business and, you know, what you do at trade fairs, you talk to all of the other storeholders. So I was trying to get my candle business to be um, picked up like nationally from different stockers and it worked, but I had business owners around me saying, what do you do? Like, is this your full time? And, you know, the marketing thing came up and this is what I do. And at that time I was working in state government. I headed up the lead agency for foreign direct investment as a marketer. And then I started getting marketing clients come on board based on not what I was there for, which was my candle business. But so I had international clients, some in New Zealand, um, some in Sydney, like I was helping them with their marketing because I was really good at it. And then along the lines, like my family were like, you got to give this a red hot go on your own. Like you can't keep like you can't keep yeah I wasn't I wasn't married I I didn't have any kids and I was just smashing it um and then I thought you know what it's either now or never so that's when I went out on my own and I haven't looked back and I'm really lucky to work with some amazing business owners and now I'm talking to you so I just feel so lucky and (laughs) you know it's not luck I I I have to pull myself up on that. It's not luck. It's you forge your own destiny, right? You work so hard as a business owner, um, put yourself out there and, yeah, now we are connected. And I can see that. I mean, just from your online social presence uh, that you're always innovating, you're showing, you know, dynamic energy, you're really showcasing your personality in your social media and I think that's a really key ingredient to having people engage with you. How do you find that, like showing up as your authentic self online? Is that something that you find easy or has that had to be something that you've developed over time? I think so. I'm gen- generally very, uh, I don't want to, I want to use the word theatrical, but it's probably not right for <laughs> like, because I'm not, I'm just, I'm very, I have huge energy and I've always been like that. But one thing that I, I didn't want to do when I don't want to do is, showcase too much of my family like I've little kids and I kind of show them sometimes but I don't want it to be all about them like I'm also very private and that was a struggle for me and I I think I've got a beautiful balance now but it was really hard to show up as myself but I'm also a mum like I'm breastfeeding still I'm doing all the things and yeah what that balance looked like was a little bit to master but when I became so there's a saying, and I like to tell, teach this to my one-on-one clients and in my membership, is that you have to show up even if you don't feel confident because the confidence comes from showing up, mm-hmm. you know, and you would definitely know that being in the industry that you are is that you just, you become more confident the more that you show up. And totally. that's 
And it's interesting you say the industry I'm in because you think because I'm in the performing arts that a lot of people in the art space or that, you know, performing arts space would feel confident to show up online, but actually it's not always the case. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of the people listening uh, to this podcast are, you know, in the arts or studio owners um, themselves and a lot of my coaching clients really struggle yeah. with that and really struggle with showing themselves as part of the brand. Yeah. And, you've, uh, yeah. Yeah. You've got a plan for it. I interrupted you, but you've got a plan for it. You've got to really sit down and figure out what your content pillars are, um, what your subject matter in terms of your caption categories, what are they and what are your photo topics? What is that, like photo and video topics? And when you've got that beautiful, like, synchronicity, it it works like a charm. So one of my things is I like to exercise. And so I have tried to weave that into my content in a clever way because, for me, exercise is great for my mindset. It releases, like, positive endorphins, which makes me think better, which, you know, helps me to become a better business owner. And so I've, like, weaved that in. But that's an extracurricular. It really has nothing to do with marketing. So how can you showcase your life while weaving it into your business journey? Because I just put something on my socials yesterday. If you have their attention, you have their sale, but you've got to figure out what that looks like for you. And yeah. that's how you can show up as your most authentic self. Yeah, I like that. If you have their attention, you have their sale. Uh, and I think that communicating who you are is a part of your brand story, um, whether yeah. you like it or not, especially in a small business, right? Because yeah. we're talking small business here. I, I, I dare say it's different. Um, you know, we're not going to be seeing necessarily the, the CEO of Citibank or whatever on every commercial, right? It's a different vibe. Yeah, that's to right. To your localised service-based business Would and people love that, that though absolutely people want to know like I feel like uh our way of consuming media is changing um especially as we go into this year you know it's it's becoming we want to see real stuff as consumers we don't want to see like too much corporate um ism is that even a word <laughs> and I think COVID had a lot of like to be thankful for that because you saw like brands, like big brands, like Adidas going back to basics and having like user-generated content in their socials because it became hard to have these flashy commercials. And so, you know, for us as small business owners, it's awesome. And, you know, we are nosy as consumers and we want to see what's going on. And again, mm -hmm. when you have their attention, you can have their sale. There's no reason why you can't. You've just got to decide what you're willing to talk about and what you're not willing to talk about and how you feel comfort in doing so. So yeah. when you sit down and, you know, I like to say, get out of your office, take yourself out, sit somewhere else, whether it's a cafe, whether it's a co-working space or whether it's your kitchen table that's not your office or outside. So you can brainstorm and workshop what that looks like because when you get to that happy place, everything else is easy. So your content's easier, which then should reflect your website, which should reflect you know, everything that you are, because at the end of the day, 99% of people will Google you before they pick up the phone. So they're not going to, you know, sometimes they might not see you on your stories, but they will stalk your Instagram. They'll read what you have to say. They'll look at your website. They'll read what you have to say there. And 
if it's not true to you, then there's always going to be a disconnect there, right? And you often feel like something isn't right in your business if you haven't got that synchronicity um, aligned. Totally. And I think there's something to be said for um, knowing who you are in the sense that what it takes for you to show up. So, for example, back in the days, back in the days, I used to always feel like I had to wear makeup and have everything done and perfect before I hit record. Yeah. And that stopped me from showing up. Mm. So now I just show up. And, okay, yeah, I make sure I've got a brush through the hair so I don't look like a turn, like I've rolled out of bed, of course. You know, put on a decent T-shirt. It doesn't have to be a blouse. Like my point is I know for me to show up, that means that I don't have to be glammed up. I just need to hit record and I need to do the thing. So And nobody cares if you glam or not. I put lipstick on for you because I, I put like, lipstick on for you too. You've got red, I've got hot pink. All that jazz, you know, I and it. I wanted to be like my neon and I'm wearing a T-shirt and I'm wearing like shorts. Well, I, I actually <laughs> used to not, I, I used to be so sure that I hated pink. I'm, for anyone listening, I'm wearing a shirt that actually has a big pink rose on it. Yes. Funnily enough, it's um, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. It says, like a rose, I stand tall. So but anyway, good. and I've got hot pink lipstick on, but I never used to do pink, even just a year ago. I, said, I hate pink, I hate pink. I'm not going to conform to the most popular female color. Anyway, and then I realized I actually did like pink and that um, I had to give myself permission to conform. You know what? I felt exactly the same way I'm not kidding so if you (laughs) if you uh, my my social media my whole brand everything I was like I'm not using fuchsia and I'm not using pink because I want to appeal to men and women and that was my thing forever in a day and then you know I had babies and you know I'm a I'm a girly girl like I and I I, you know I like my band t-shirts as well as being a bit grungy and like whatever but then I thought, you know what, I that if I'm being true to me, you'll start to see some fuchsia in my brand. And if you look at my socials now, I have a weekly series called Marketing Gossip Superhero Styles. And every week I go live on my Instagram about something. And it's, you know, a five minute nugget of something that you should do in your business to help you, you know, raise more awareness and get more sales. And that is a fuchsia background because I was like, no, I think I need to own who I really am. Mm. And that just brings me on to say, it's okay to change your mind about things. It's absolutely okay. If you're going down the road of, you know, my brand looks like this and you're so structured and rigid, like it's your business. You decide what it looks like, how it sounds. If it's not right, you change it. And no one will remember (laughs) because then you just go to market with the new thing. You know, like I changed my brand name um, for numerous reasons and, yeah, now it's Haley Osborne. And studios, I think, go through this painstakingly, um, especially when they've been around for a really long time. So they might have a name that now might be considered, you know, a little bit lame to themselves, right? So it might just be, you know, their name academy or whatever and that that doesn't sit with them anymore and then they want to change it. I've spoken to studio owners about this and I've seen it in the groups and, like, I just hate my business name, but I feel like I'm just committed to it. And I'm thinking, really? Like you can't, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's process, no doubt. Oh, yeah. But it might be worth it if it really, if it doesn't sit with you because you have to love your brand, right? Or do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think you do. Otherwise, I've seen it. You become really disconnected 
You don't know how to show up anymore. You can't just get on your stories easily and be like, blah, which is what they require because they're like transient within 24 hours, they're gone. And, you know, that it adds roadblocks. And when you're not like cohesive with that, I feel like that's trouble. So like just sort it out and just, you know, when you, if you need a rebrand too, like there's, there's like a new leash of life in that, right? And then you, what you give out in terms of your energy, you attract back. So if your energy is not good because you just feel disconnected from your business, business name or whatever that looks like, change it. And then, you know, you realize the new energy and the universe works in funny ways. Like I'm not really woo-woo, but I am a little bit. <laughs> is that, does that make sense? <laughs> That's a bit weird. But, but yeah, I always find that, you know, when, when, Good things happen. You follow the bouncing ball along and more good things happen in your business. So, yeah, I love that. Now, we talked um, a little bit in the intro of, you know, a little touching on what we're going to um, cover today. And, I, and I'd really love to deep dive into that with you because I think, you know, when it comes to studio ownership and, and the arts, um, it can be quite a localised business. So yeah. um, some of the terms that get thrown around in our industry is become the go-to studio or become locally famous. So when I say words like that, like what does that mean in a marketing sense and, and how can we relate that to our service business? So because so there's I think in terms of like well I would say how do you become the number one in your local area, right? How do you do that? The number one thing that I recommend is to develop a word of mouth strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means how can you get everyone that interacts with you currently, whether that's your students or whether that's foot traffic or whatever, to tell somebody else about you? Because word of mouth is the most powerful marketing tool. I think it's like 70% of, like I have this stat somewhere, 70% of people will buy through word of mouth because it's so powerful. So what does that look like? How can you go the extra mile to have people talking about you and be generous, be friendly, be um, exceed expectations, do things things differently? And with... um, bricks and mortar studios. So could you, for example, like for those of you watching this video, there's a neon sign behind me. And could you do something like that where you are um, encouraging people to stand in front of, take their photo um, and, and, you know, oh, I was at this really cool studio on the weekend. They're doing this um Beauty and the Beast, for example, and you should see what we like took our photos in front of us and then other kids want to get involved. Oh, wow, that's so cool. I want to go there. So it's that word of mouth. Oh, mum, look at this or whether it's a mural or whether it's, you know, sometimes when you see this like really decadent throne in, um, I don't know whether it's restaurant or wherever you go and you're like, I need to sit in that and have my photo taken, Yes, right? Because then people are sharing it on their socials and then they tag you. And so it's a physical, but it could also be a digital. Like, so what is that? And I know that those people listening at the moment are probably having like triggers, like <laughs> light bulb, oh, I could do this. I've got this thing and I could set up. And, you know, it just there's so many things that you could do for that. But again, be lovely, be generous, be kind, exceed expectations, whether that's a physical thing that you can kind of 
um, build into your studio or on the outside, whether it's a mural where you're encouraging people to tag you and it's just that wow factor, that is like triggering a memorable experience that will get people to talk about you. That is your word of mouth strategy, but you have to physically do it to, you know, act on it, to activate it in other people. The key that you've said here, and I I really want to hone into this because studio owners often talk about oh word of mouth that's my best sales tactic but they actually don't have a strategy around word of mouth and I think that is completely and utterly different and it's something that is missed so what you've said is have a word of mouth strategy not Mm -hmm. that just word of mouth is word of mouth and so that won't work because you know I think Oh, it works a little bit, right? Because studio owners always say that. When I say, what is your number one like sales method or whatever? Like, how do you get the people in the door? And they often will say word of mouth, but I know that there is no strategy. And just because they have word of mouth, some of it doesn't mean they're actually maximizing the potential of that word of mouth. Yeah. And it's really easy. Like when kids come through the door, would you have something in the foyer of, like, oh, mom, can you take my photo in front of this? And that, that, and the parents really find it aspirational and they share it. And, you know, and that's the word, oh, my, my child goes here and you should see what they've done. Like, you know, so you've got to, if you want it, you've got to make it work for you. You've got to put in, you've got to think about like how that looks, what that expector is. Referral, referral programs. Something like that. But I think you have to go the extra mile these days. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I often say, yes, there is room to coexist. How many cafes are there? There's a lot, but they all do things their own way and slightly different. But if you can have some kind of wow factor or X factor or like, what does that look like for your business? How can you get people to share your business online or through word of mouth what is that it thing and how can you create momentum around that that's the number one thing that I would encourage businesses to do um Mm -hmm. so you know like I've got my neon in the background that's kind of my thing that then rolls over to when I have my when I do get on my stories I sometimes will turn it on um and then I've kind of used that as a bit of a concept throughout my social media of different neons so that's kind of like become my brand thing is neon and it's been like an like it's just a revolving thing that's kind of happened but I'm sure that thinking about it, everybody could pull off some kind of word of mouth strategy. And if it's you so true, props- like even I love that you said the throne thing, sitting on the chair or whatever it was. Every time I see something like that, I you're just, in. I mean, like at the local <laughs> club, it was Christmas, and they had a Santa chair. No Santa, no, just you the don't- Santa chair, and yeah. I think they maybe had the club sign above it or something. And it wasn't even that grand, but it was an unusual red chair. And my kids wanted to sit on it. I wanted to sit on it. Everyone <laughs> wanted a, a photo on this. What well, wasn't anything that grand, really? But it was just different. It was this red odd chair with gold arms. And you're like, I need to sit on that chair, right? Yeah. So, so if you've really- got a chair, <laughs> get the chair out. And you know I mean, and, and in, in Manly, um, not too far from where I live, there's um. I shouldn't say, don't, don't stop me, everybody, please stop. But, um, <laughs> uh, but there's like, you know, a, an artwork painted on the wall, like a mural, but it's wings. So yeah. you stand oh. in and it's such a simple concept and everyone like, look, I have wings. So, you know, it can be really fun and simple. And I think actually 
with the type of um, demographic that studios have, which is people who are usually creative or maybe, you know, have a desire to be seen and, you know, I actually think that's a really cool concept. So, yeah. So and, just, I, and I've not thought of that, so that's very cool. Thank you. Um, um, and then, like, another thing that you could say, so when when business owners join my membership, I send out a welcome kit. I don't advertise that I do that because I want to, like, shock and awe with that so and it's got a few different things that I've made and had printed and when they open it confetti goes everywhere and usually that's a shareable moment so you know and it's surprise and delight and wow I wasn't expecting this and you know so that's what that looks like from that perspective as well for me because I don't have a shop front but I've figured out a way to make it work so Mm. there's always a way to be out of totally. and, and I do fun stuff like that with my studio members. We send a welcome pack with our T-shirt and confetti and fun and all the bits and a welcome yeah. and all that stuff. But, like, um, I find it really interesting because you can just hand their T-shirt out at your reception desk if you want to or you could invest a little bit extra and they will be shocked and awed, like you said, that surprise and delight. And it just adds to the experience. I mean, it can still be handed out at reception, but it might be in a rainbow ribbon box, you know? Like it's just about or whatever suits your brand message, like whatever that might be, you know? Um, But my point is, yeah, like just having something that people go, oh, or even once they do become your client ongoing and maybe you do that for them every year, it's like, I can't wait to get my box, you know? Like it's exciting. So I, I definitely agree with that. So it's not just about, you know, how we get the people in, it's about how we keep them there for longer as yeah, well. Yeah, and the personal touches everything because that's what people remember. Mm. When we talk, you, you sort of touched on that whole competition piece, you know, you said there's a cafe on every corner. Well, back in the day, um, so I've heard because I've, you know, I've not been in the studio game for 30 years plus or anything, but apparently there are a lot less uh, performing arts studios and now there happens to be one on every corner, especially in major cities regionally maybe not as much but there's still competition like we haven't seen you know a decade or more before so when we talk about being number one in our area how do we overcome the competition as well I think you just have to get smarter I think that's where you have to upskill yourself as a business owner that becomes your competitive edge because you don't know what you don't know and what got you here won't get you there So I think that you need to invest in, you know, as studio owners listening to this into people like yourself, you know, so that you can get better and and have that competitive edge. And, you know, the more you learn, the more you know. And that's what I found. Like there is a lot of people that do what I do, so many, but people want to work with me for particular reasons. They love my energy. You know, I showcase my knowledge a lot on my social media, um, you know, by having a podcast. Like what does that look like? And if you don't know how to do it, invest to to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. I think that is definitely what sets you apart. Yeah. It's true. You do need to invest in that. And I think that keeps you motivated. Um, I know that it can be really hard sometimes running your business. uh, Yeah. And keeping that motivation, you know. And you know, like when 
as you you invest in yourself to upskill and I do too. And when you do, and we help other people too, but when you do, you see that trajectory in your business and it's a sharp, like I'm just using my hands here and it's a podcast. It's a sharp, it's a sharp <laughs> tilt upwards, right? It goes, you know, you, you grow very fast when you upskill yourself and you know. Yeah, but it's also a nice place to fall when things don't go as you planned and, and it's how you pick yourself up as well. Mm. Like having uh, basically it's like a board where you can go back to, you know, and go, okay, guys, this happened. How, how can I move through it, you know? So yeah. I really believe in that. I think that um, investing in yourself and, and educating yourself and, you know, and, and it might be an issue some people may argue, well, I can't afford to do that, but there's so many avenues, you know, there's free podcasts, there's books, you know, it, it, there's so much out there that there's really no excuse for not taking a moment to see how can I upskill myself. Um, no, and if you love your business, then you're willing to do whatever it takes to make it work because business mm-hmm. owners, we're all a little bit kind of crazy, right? <laughs> so. Yes. You will do what it takes. You will invest. You will, and don't forget too, like investing in your business is a tax deduction. So if you, um, <laughs> which I, f- I feel like a lot of people forget. So yes. I will always go to my accountant and say, hey, how much do I have to spend before the end of the tax year? And he'll be like, oh, this much. I'll be like, oh, cool. I'll like work with another coach or I'll, Otherwise, you're giving it to the tax man, those of us that are listening within Australia, right? So it's like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you invest in upskilling? And I don't have time. Well, then that's on you, you know, if you're not prepared to learn because, and I'm in this space every day, the digital landscape is changing rapidly and it will continue to do so. So if you're always on the pulse, then there's no there's no problem because it's like, oh, this thing, cool, no worries, I'm adaptable, I'll learn it, easy. But if you're not, then that's when it can get really overwhelming. So go all in. (laughs) When you talk about digital landscape um, and we talked about, you know, you said number one, you want to make sure that you have a strategy around that word of mouth and I love that. But what about paid strategies? So, you know, we've got organic reach through social media and regularity of posting on our social media platforms and then there's paid advertising so do you think that there is a benefit for a local business so we're not talking about Adidas we're talking about someone who's in a suburb building a local place how important do you think is paid advertising like on Facebook or Instagram or you know, what's your thoughts around that? I honestly, I have had clients come in and say, I just want to run Facebook ads because I want to get more people through the door. And then I look at their website and I'm like, yeah, but you're like, you need to work on your wording on your website. Like, I don't even know what you do, mm-hmm. you know, and, or you, you're, there's nothing in your Instagram bio that tells me what you do or where I need to go to be able to work with you. Like, so before you pay, before you invest in anything, your website is your own asset. Get it sorted and get it modern and look at the words that are on there because quite often they're very old because we, you know, we set and forget and that's not the way it works. And then I would, before I even invest in paid advertising, I would make sure that I have some regular content going into my website because you want to have a look at, all right, what are people searching for? 
you know, and you can do your own search. If you open an incognito window in your browser and you start typing in um, like dance studio, da, 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 if you see the pre-predicted um, text that comes up in Google, that will kind of give you an indication of what people are looking for. So if you can take those keywords and put it into a blog, for example, and it's literally like a 500-word blog, and if you are updating your website with a 500 word of some sort every week or every fortnight, your website is then getting more traction in Google, right? Which gives you a higher relevance score because Google can read words. It can't read images. So the more words that you are adding more frequently to your website, the better your search engine optimization will be, which means you are more likely to be pushed to page one organically because you have the keywords that people are searching and Google likes that. So if you can get, if you don't have to pay for advertising, if you can sort out all of the organic stuff first, that is what I recommend. And also there's little tricks, right? So if you currently don't have your Instagram feed at the bottom of your website, talk to your web developer or sort out how you can get the little plugin and pull it in. And I know if you've got Squarespace or um, Shopify or they, you could do that yourself because I've done it with my candle business. Um, and that, that code updates every half an hour. So that's kind of doing, giving you some activity on your website without you physically having to do anything. And then if you want more traction, I would start off with some Google AdWords or Google ads, right? So that you can, cause people Google you and then look at Facebook advertising. But Another thing, you know, with Facebook advertising, it's all timely. So you don't want to be doing it in November or December. Definitely not because you are competing with the retail market. You want it in January, probably not either because kids are still on school holidays. And, you know, so there's a whole like strategy to figure out beforehand before you can go and pay for advertising. Because like we said earlier, it's a bucket load of money. Um, and if you can get it right organically, that, and it is work, yes, but wouldn't, isn't that better to have everything up to scratch than just paying for something that is going down the toilet if it's not working? And the reason it's not working is because the call to action is for people to go to your website because that's what you want because your website is your own asset. You want people to go there. You want to grab their email and their name and, you know, because we don't own our social media. It's a very powerful marketing tool, but we don't own it. So yes. does that answer your question in a really long way? No, I love that. And, you know, and it's true, we don't own social media and it can go poof tomorrow. It can literally disappear and people will think that's un- unlikely or, or not going to happen, but it absolutely can. I mean, think about MySpace, right? And I know for the, anyone that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> an oldie. No, but seriously, think about yeah. platforms like MySpace. Um, you, you know, they became irrelevant Facebook could easily become irrelevant you know you've got the new players coming in and eventually those players going out so if you build your whole strategy around one social media platform it's going to be problematic so definitely getting those emails at the time of getting their leads so you know not just saying I think a lot of people as well don't like take down those details or make sure that they're putting them into a mailing system. Mm. It's absolutely so important. I mean, we've got a database of a few thousand people for my studio and that's been developed over time. But 
that only happened because we do make sure that those leads are not lost, you know? Yeah, that's right. And that's everything. That That's like your golden nugget. Mm. So if you aren't capturing that, that's, you know, well, that's a flaw. <laughs> you really need to. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, and, I- and you don't have to do it all by yourself. Here's the thing, guys. This is where it's okay to have support, administrative support. It's okay to, you know, if you don't know how to do Facebook ads and you're not, it's not something that you can learn or are willing to learn. You can have a digital marketer do it for you. Like you don't have to feel like, oh, this is so overwhelming. I can't do it all. Well, you don't have to do it all. You just have to have a strategy in place. And if and if part of that strategy is delegation or outsourcing, yeah. then that's part of the strategy, you know? Yeah. I've come to like learn and lean into that more as I've every year as I go in my business because, I mean, I dislike doing my bookwork and my accounting. I, I honestly don't like it. And so now I have a bookkeeper that keeps me accountable and does everything. And I love that. And I don't have to worry about it. I'm not spending Saturday night, like five hours doing reconciling X, Y, and Z because they do it. I know. I and my time is better spent with what I'm good at. And Thank that's, I've learned the hard way. Yeah. Thank goodness for bookkeepers. I can honestly say that. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't have one over two years ago. I didn't have one and now I do and I love her. And yeah. I don't know what I did all my life. <laughs> really, it's the best money spent. The amount of hours I used to spend doing bookkeeping and quite frankly, it's not my, it's definitely not my zone of genius and who knows if I stuffed up things. or like, Oh, I, I feel no the same idea. way. Yep. And it's the oh, same yeah. Yep, it's the same with if you um like yourself, if if people need help with their studio, why go it alone? Why go it alone when you can have the support of people like yourself, where not only do they get to learn from you, but they get to meet other people and develop a community, right? Because two heads are better than one. And you've got to see it that way. Oh, totally. I have a question actually um, that I want to know for myself. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> Ask away. I'm here. I'm, okay. I'm at your disposal. Hashtags. How important, like is hashtagging still a thing? It is. It is. I think last year it was like, okay, Instagram came out and said you only need five hashtags with your social media posts, but they're allowing you to still have 30. So use 30 um, and what they do is help you become discovered still can I ask how you find the best hashtag like so how do you find the right hashtag like how do you is it the most popular hashtag like I don't even know No. okay so there is a program that is a hashtag generating program called Flickr f-l-i-c-k-r.com I'm pretty sure that's how it's spelled if you type that in it'll come up yeah I've seen Flickr before yeah so yeah, so it generates, there's a seven-day free trial. So if you can get in and out and sort out your business within seven days, then you don't have to pay for it. But if you are like me and you have other businesses that you help with their social media, um, you would have a subscription for it. So that way it helps you. And it will come up with like um, red, orange, and green, like what is the difficulty be, difficulty to be found under those particular hashtags. And then you would you copy hashtag blocks and paste them because quite often as well, if you're just deciding what you think is good, I think everyone should have a branded hashtag. You know, like for me, it's um, Haley Osborne superhero marketing. 
that's kind of the two that I use as hashtags and then they're more strategic underneath that. Yeah, um, so with my studio, Musical Makers Club, we would have yep. maybe Musical Makers Club or I'm a Musical Maker or something like that and then, yeah, and then yep. you do the rest. And that becomes part of your brand, but then the searchability could be local things, right? So um, Manly Business, Sydney Business, things like that. Mm-hmm. For me, Adelaide Business, Adelaide Mum in Business, like though, you know, that I'm you know, just off the top of my head, but use programs like that to help you. You don't have to go it alone. And the more, so if you just say business owner, there'll be millions of hashtags under that. So that's a waste of a hashtag as far as I'm concerned. Totally. And I got to tell you, um, it's re- I love this topic because I think we've been just using hashtags willy-nilly. I-, I try my very best to try and think of all the things and, you know, make sure that I'm covering different bases. But recently, um, I actually, and I don't know which hashtag it was, but I got the worst kind of traction on my profile. And like, and I don't know if it's spammy or it's because I hashtagged, but quite like, sexualized content oh my god yeah I get it quite a bit at the moment um just like people tagging me that um yeah and I'm like there's a lot of spam though like everyone why does that happen like is it something I hashtagged or is it because could be I don't know and I'm not projecting that at all (laughs) that's like quite robotic too so don't even think that's a person doing that that's yeah, just okay. something in the system being annoying. Like yeah. those send, so I send keep picks. blocking, 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 <laughs> blocking, and yep. I keep getting similars coming back at me. Yeah, it's all just spammy, spam, spam. And you know, if you get the, okay. so I didn't comment, do anything wrong. Sometimes you just no, in the loop. No, but there is hashtags that you shouldn't be using. Um, and I think Instagram tells you what they are now. Um, there's like pop-ups that come up on your Instagram saying like, look at like the blocked or whatever you know hashtags I think like the hashtag love uh, I think that might be like something that Instagram doesn't like um but it's not just the hashtags that will get you less visibility it could be the time of day it could be um like sometimes if I schedule a reel in through my scheduling platform so I use Planoly uh sometimes it'll go up but it will not get any any nobody will see it and I didn't even know why. So I delete it and redo it. Mm. And, it, you know, it's just the way it is. And so that's you know, a good sh- idea, is it? If people are yeah. getting traction on something, don't feel like you have to hang on to it. You can absolutely delete no. it and use it later. But then, but then what is not getting traction looks different for everybody. So if you've got, if you know that people are seeing it, but not liking it, that's okay. Don't delete it. Leave it there because these things grow over time as well. So I think it's just case by case, really. Mm. All right, well, we're about to wrap up the show. I've just got a couple of things before we do. Um, Do you have a number one tip or or, or piece of advice for, you know, um, small businesses out there, especially in the studio owner space, that would be wanting to become that number one studio, that that locally famous business? Look, my my advice, get onto that word of mouth strategy. What does that look like for you? A hundred percent figure it out. The number two one is get clear on your content pillars. What does that look like for you? What are you prepared to share? What are you not prepared to share? So caption categories and what your photo topics and your video topics are, that is really good. And then the third thing I think is just, I know this is going to sound silly, but give them what they want for free. 
which means it, get your lead magnet like sorted. Um, and you know, eighty percent of your content is free, and it's that ninety, it's that twenty percent or that ten percent that people pay you for. Yeah. Right. So as much as you can give an upskill, it's not a bad thing because you need to develop your credibility and your zone of genius in your industry. And to be able to do that, you've got to give away part of your zone of genius. And, just and that's just that the way it is. Perspective for anyone listening. Let's say you're a ballet studio, you might do a free PDF giveaway of how to um, be fitted correctly for your child's ballet shoes, right? And it, and that they have to input their email to get the PDF to know that that your child's being correctly fitted for those point shoes or whatever, you know. So, like, it could be something really basic like that. Is that what you mean by? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I think too, like. Often when we're so close to our businesses, we're like, I don't have anything like that. But everybody has something like that. Everyone is just about uncovering what that looks like. Um, But for me, I have a free resource. If anyone wants to go over to my website and download it, it's the 10 essentials every local area marketing plan needs checklist. And it's a checklist. So even if you put something together as simple as a checklist, like how to fit ballet shoes or how I don't even know in your industry, um, what else is there? Like how to like stretch, how to like get your child to stretch before like 10 easy steps. So they, you know, have a better time in class. Cause you know, when you start off, you're cold and you know, when you, as soon as you get going, you're like, oh no, it's time to, you know, it's time to pack up. Little things like that. There's there's so many options, but yeah, there's one over there. If anyone wants to go and have a look. Into the show notes for everyone as well. Thank you for that. So who or what inspires you, Hayley? Oh, that's a big one. I think uh, my children definitely do inspire me to, you know, I want to show them that anything is possible and I'm, you know, dead set on achieving that. I think as well um, my family are really inspirational as well. So my parents aren't in business, but my brother is. And, you know, I take a lot of, he's quite a successful builder and I take a lot of inspiration from that um, and what he's achieved and what I can achieve. Um, and then, you know, I feel like what I see and who I attract over my social media, you know, is so inspirational on what can be achieved and what can be done in this world because let me tell you, if someone else is doing what you're doing and they're hugely successful at it, there is a market for you to be hugely successful at it as well. And, you know, that's everywhere. So that that's kind of also where I draw my inspiration from. And I am a very, very big self-motivator. So, you know, I just need to go for a run and I'm like, right, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do this thing. And done is better than perfect. That will be my parting like remark. Done is better than <laughs> perfect. I like it. So, so what's next? Have you got anything on the horizon? Uh yes. So I am kind of penciling out what a book look like looks like for me. So mm-hmm. I would love to write a book and I'm just sort of, I would love to become an author. Uh that's the next thing for me. Um, yeah. So watch this space and that's a my big membership. one, Hayley. It's huge. Yes. Big so one, doors to, sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. Oh, no. So there's that. Um, and, you know, with two little kids, like fingers crossed, <laughs> I can do it. Might yeah. take longer than I thought. So that was a goal for this year, but maybe we'll see. 
we'll see how that goes. But the next thing for me is doors to my membership, Superhero Marketing, open on the 21st of March uh, for the first time this year. So that's really exciting. And I'm, yeah, I'm oh, planning for that. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for today. And, you know, I think there's a lot of golden nuggets in that episode. And I'm really hoping that everyone listening, just even if you just take on one little bit, I think, you know, you're going to see a shift in your business. So thanks again, Hayley. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Josephine. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. Don't forget the doors to Talent Manager Bootcamp are open now, but only for a limited time. If you'd love to take this opportunity, now is your chance. Head to my link in the show notes or josephinelancuba.com forward slash TMB to enroll now or to simply learn more. It's a great opportunity for not only you, but your students as well. Grow your studio today. Increase your revenue, your student retention, and your industry credibility by becoming a talent manager. I hope to see you on the flip side. Be sure to share this episode with your friends and be sure to click subscribe. If you have any questions, you can find me on Instagram at Josephine Langcuba. DM me for a chat. I'm here for it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day.